Jesus, I thank you that when you died, the earth shook. The power was that great. And so, Lord, let that same power shake us today and shake everything from us that's not of you. Shake everything from us that's holding us down or holding us back. That we may be fully released by your Spirit to, to do the, what you've called us to do is to touch and heal the world. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord, today. Stir it up in our hearts, Lord, today. Fresh calling, fresh fire. All the stuff you died for. Lord, may we walk worthy of the calling that you have for us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You ready? You ready? <laughs> nice to see you. Hey, um, as we focus on Jesus' death this morning, we, we celebrate. Hey, I know sometimes Good Friday was a bit solemn and it's good to reflect on the cost, the price that Jesus paid, but this morning has felt right in our hearts and it's right to celebrate. Why? Because of what was achieved on the cross. I think sometimes we get too familiar with the cross and we forget what actually took place in the heavenly realms when Jesus died. Everything, it was like, I remember Reinhard Bonnke, I love it, he's talked about the highway to hell, right? And God just stuck a cross in the middle of the highway to hell and redirected people to heaven. Aren't you glad that the cross came? Aren't you glad that Jesus came and died to, to, to mess up the devil's strategy? And that today we can continue to mess up the devil's strategy in our own lives and in other people's lives because of what Jesus achieved on the cross. Why do people wear crosses around their neck? It's weird, isn't it? If you think, have you ever thought about that? If I started wearing an electric chair around my neck, you'd think there was something wrong with me. Hey? Because the cross was the Romans' form of capital punishment. If Jesus never died on the cross, it would be very weird to wear a cross around your neck. But because he came, because of what it represents, it doesn't just represent his death, it represents our freedom. It represents our life. It represents power over sin and death. He overcame sin that we may be forgiven. He overcame death so that we may have eternal life. But what I want to focus on this morning is that he overcame rejection so that we may be able to experience acceptance. I'm tired of the children of God sitting under rejection. The cross broke the spirit of rejection so that we don't have to take on rejection anymore. Rejection can be so painful that we bury it deep inside, sometimes even not even being aware anymore that we're reacting out of that. Might have come from how we were treated at school. Might have come from how we were treated at home growing up. It may be because we've taken it on because of how we, how we look and what people have said to us, and we may even be struggling with self-rejection. I'm going to sit with that today. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing to people today who still may struggle with rejection. 
because the cross happened so that we can live as the most accepted people on the planet. So I want us to look at that this morning and what happened on the cross that we can live as accepted people. Free, totally free from the spirit of rejection in our world. Hallelujah. So firstly, Jesus paid for our acceptance on the cross. Ephesians 1, 6 says, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world. You know how much God wants you? <laughs> how good is it to be wanted? How good is it to be wanted? I don't think we experience feeling wanted enough. God wanted you so much that He chose you before the foundations of the world. How good is that? I really want us to get it in our spirit today that you are wanted. God wants you more than you ever experienced wantedness from anyone else. He wants you. How good is it to feel wanted? Before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight, he lo um, in love He predestined us for adoption to sonship. In other words, He says, come into my family through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us. You know what? In the New King James Version, instead of adopted, I love this, says to the praise of His glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. So in Jesus, I'm accepted by God, the perfect Father. You think your, your friends at school have high standards? God has the highest standards. And, and His standards are, he's, he's a perfectionist. But in Jesus, I'm accepted by the perfectionist. Do you get it? So next time someone less than a perfectionist criticizes you, rejects you, you just don't have to take that on. Next time you criticize yourself, you don't have to take that on. How good is that? Because I'm accepted by the perfect God of the universe, whose standards are higher than anyone else's standards. And He accepts me through Jesus. Why does He do that? Matthew 27, 46, the story of Jesus' death on the cross. And we read in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why? I don't think we'll ever understand the cry of the cross that Jesus made. I don't think we'll ever understand that. Many commentators believe that Jesus suffered the ultimate rejection. He knew, think about this, I don't know, think about your most perfect relationship Jesus enjoyed the perfect relationship with the Father, better than we've ever experienced. Perfect love, perfect acceptance, perfect communion, perfect connection. And then he suffered. Sure, he suffered rejection by his own people, the Jewish people. That's why he ended up on the cross, because they rejected him. They rejected his message. But worse than that, because he took on our sin and the sin of the world, the Father had to turn away as Christ took on the sin of the world. And he, he experienced, we're not, not sure for how long, he experienced that disconnection from the Father. And so some people say he didn't die of crucifixion, he died of a broken heart. And he experienced disconnection from the Father. You know what? He experienced rejection so we don't have to. So we don't have, so why do we? If he experienced rejection so I don't have to, why take it on? 
Why come into agreement with it when I don't have to anymore? I don't have to anymore in Jesus' name. I don't have to anymore. It doesn't matter what they say about me anymore because I have His acceptance. I have His favour. I have His affirmation. Is that okay? Can we start to walk in that instead of the criticism of the world or the criticism of our peers or our self-criticism to actually walk in the acceptance and the favour of my perfect Father God. Number two, this acceptance comes as Jesus introduced us to the Father. I love this. It says in John 17, 26, I have made you known to them. This is Jesus praying to the Father just before he goes to the cross. He said, I have made you known to them. And I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself, my, I myself may be in them. And I, I hadn't, don't think I'd ever realized this, right? Before Jesus came to earth, the Jewish people who God had revealed himself to knew God as Yahweh. Now Yahweh, they knew him as Yahweh, as God or Lord you say, King, Lord, um, Creator, unchanging, a mighty God, even a relational God. But one commentator said that Jesus was the one, only one, who could introduce God as Father. Hey, they knew God, they knew Yahweh, but Jesus came to reveal God as Father. Wow. Wow. I am I'm about to ask my mechanic for some commission because I keep introducing a lot of people to him. And he thanks me for that. But I wouldn't do that if he wasn't a good mechanic. Can we trust Jesus' opinion about the Father? If Jesus knew the Father, Jesus knew the Father like no one else. See, I've heard people say, oh, I can call God friend, but I can't call him Father because of what my Father did to me. Well, you know what? Forget about your Father and what he did. Jesus introduced you to the perfect. Jesus wants to introduce you to the perfect Father. And I think we can trust Jesus' opinion. We can trust Jesus' experience just as I wouldn't refer people to my mechanic if I didn't trust him. He just found an issue with my car we've been trying to find for weeks, months. And he found, an issue, found it. Finally found it. So I trust him. I trust him to refer other people to him. And so Jesus knows the Father and he knows the love of the Father. And so Jesus experienced that love and he wants to share it with us. And that's why it blows our minds when the Bible says that we are co-heirs with Christ. You know what? You are as loved by the Father, when we put our faith in Jesus, you are as loved by the Father as He loves Jesus. You know, another radical thing is that not only can we experience the love Jesus experienced from the Father, we can love the Father like Jesus loves the Father. Hey, could we do that? Could we fall in love with the Father like Jesus loves the Father? Is that, well, the Word tells me that's possible. That I can get wrecked every day. 
on the love, my love for the Father and His love for me, my loving Father. This acceptance comes, number three, as we receive the Father's love. And here's some steps. Some of us, you know, find that easy to just sit and accept that God loves me, to experience that love sometimes through people, sometimes through circumstances, but sometimes we wrestle receiving that love. Um, because you know what? If, if we're really living in the love of the Father, we don't get fearful. We don't get insecure. We don't get defensive. So every time I'm secure, defensive, fearful, I know that I'm not living under the love of the Father to the degree I could be. And we just need to reposition our friends and work out what's blocking His love. Because I believe God's like a waterfall. His love is like a waterfall. It's always pouring. So we never need to be thirsty. We never need to be thirsty. And so there's reasons why we're thirsty. And so in point three, there's just five simple steps we could take if we struggle, still struggle, and know we struggle with rejection and not living in the love of the Father. First one is acknowledge the problem. I think a lot of us realize that. The Bible says, know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, that's not just the truth about Jesus, but it's the truth about our need. We need to recognize the nature of our problem and call it by its right name, rejection. So this morning, I want us to name it. If you need to name it, if you know there's times, whether it's from your parents, from friends at school, from wherever it's, there's rejection. If you know sometimes, if Holy Spirit's showing, sometimes you live out of this spirit of rejection. And I want you to own that today because you've got to own it before you can put it at the cross. Secondly, this is difficult. But the Lord calls us to do this. Forgive the offending person or persons. Forgive the offending person. And you know what? I think Peter got it. Well, Peter was halfway there when he said, I need to forgive seven times. How many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times. Jesus said 70 times seven. What was Jesus trying to do? Blow his mind. Trying to blow Peter's mind. What was Jesus saying? He says, we have to live a lifestyle of forgiveness. Because a person that accepted a human person that accepted me and loved me yesterday might put reject, try to put rejection on me tomorrow because they're human. And so I might need to just live. You know how we live ongoing relationships? We just live in forgiveness. We just keep releasing forgiveness to each other all the time. First Peter 2.21 says, Christ suffered for you living leaving your example that you should follow in his steps. I want you to hear that. 1 Peter 2.21. Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Okay, so we know we're meant to follow in Christ's steps, right? Now hear this. This is difficult. Luke 23.34 says this. This is as Jesus was dying on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Is it possible? This blows my mind. Is it possible that those people that beat Jesus to a pulp, they couldn't recognize his body, right? Those people that nailed him to a cross, those people that mocked him, actually did not, will not have to pay for what they did. They will not have to pay for what they did. 
Because Jesus said, Father, forgive them. And we are called to follow in Jesus' example. So number two, forgive the offending person. Number three, eliminate the bad fruit. What does that mean? I'm not sure if it's on your handout there or not. But I lay down. See, this is the fruit. When it says bad fruit, this is some of the fruit of unforgiveness. Bitterness, resentment, hatred, and rebellion. So today, I may need to lay down and leave at the cross my bitterness towards, you fill in the blank, my hatred towards, my hurt towards, my resentment towards. I need to let it go. We need to let, we can't have an open hand to receive his love if we're holding the junk. And so we need to let go of the junk so that we can receive. See, the junk blocks his love. And if we can let go of the junk, we can receive his love. And we can be filled with that. Fourthly, believe, receive God's acceptance. We have to believe and receive what God has done for us. We have to believe that He actually has, he has love and acceptance for free for us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove anything. We just, it's just there for the, how good is that? It's just there for the taking. See, we're all skeptical of free stuff. That's our problem. Are we? In our world, we're conditioned to be skeptical of the free stuff. Oh, what, what's the catch? There's no catch. There's no catch. It's free. It's free. Love and acceptance. And I think sometimes the hardest one, number five, is accept yourself. We have to come into agreement with God that we are acceptable to Him. And if the God of the universe who is perfect in every way can accept me through Jesus, then I can accept me through Jesus too. What a place of freedom, friends, that we can live out of. What a place. I'm okay. Isn't that good? I'm okay. I'm really sorry if you think I'm not, but I'm okay. See, that's how we have to walk through life, friends, because people will come and I'll say, well, you're not okay. Won't they? They'll say it. They'll say, you're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too tall. You're too short. And we need to say, too bad. Don't we? Too bad. Because I'm accepted by the Father. So sorry, that disqualifies your opinion. And we don't have to be rude about it, but we need to be strong in our belief for it. Is that right? We need to believe it with all our hearts. There's only one person's opinion that matters, and it's the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of gods. If He loves me, then I'm loved. If He accepts me, then I'm accepted. And no demon or hell in hell or person on the planet should be able to mess with that. That's why Jesus died. See, I don't want Jesus to die for nothing. I don't, I don't even want Jesus just to die so I can have eternal life. Jesus died that I can have life in all its fullness right now. Right here. Just imagine that you had coronavirus and got really sick. Okay, that's a reality for a lot of people around the world today. It's a lot of it's a fear I had 12 months ago because we didn't know what this thing was. 
anyone who's 50 or over. No? Seriously. You didn't have that fear. I had a bit of that fear. Imagine you get coronavirus and you get really sick and you're in intensive care. And there's testimonies like that of people that were healed. Amazingly, some miraculously healed, right? So you overcome coronavirus, you're healed. But you know, you want a little sample. You go up to the hospital and say, I want a little sample of coronavirus just to remember what I went through. Imagine doing that, right? They wouldn't give it to you. They'd think they'd refer you probably to mental health ward, right? So why do we do that with rejection? Why do we do that with rejection? We've suffered it, but through the cross we've overcome it. But we tend to want to hang on to it. And today is the day you have to let it go. Could you let it go? Because then the next time someone tries to put it on you, you just go, oh, that doesn't fit. You ever tried on some clothes, you go, it just doesn't fit. And so when we walk with Jesus and we're full of his love and acceptance and someone tries to put something on you that is ill-fitting, you just kind of go, oh, that's not mine. That's not mine. And friends, I believe with all my heart we can live like that. We can live when people try to put stuff on us, judgments and all kinds of stuff. We just go, I don't know, you mustn't be talking to me. You mustn't be talking to me. So this is what we're going to do. A lot of this, well, all of this message was inspired by a book by Derek Prince Ministries called The Cure. I think it's a cure for rejection. And um, on the back of your handouts is um, penned. This was, a, this was a prayer penned by Derek Prince, who's long gone to be with the Lord and enjoying his fellowship. But what I want to encourage you to do this morning, and the guys with the crackers can come and stand down here if you like. Um, we're going to have communion. And the idea of having communion this morning is um, so that we we accept, we, we, we receive our acceptance through what Jesus did. His blood was shed and he bought, his body was broken so I could find the acceptance of the Father. And if it's helpful for you this morning, I encourage you to bring this prayer with you as you come and kneel or stand around the cross. And we've allowed plenty of time for this. And invite the worship team to come up. We've got a couple of songs. So we just want to be unhurried in this. Okay, we just want to be unhurried in this. And I invite you, if you, it's helpful for you to bring your prayer with you on your handout. And you might want to stand around or kneel. And as you take communion, and we're not going to do it formally, you can just come and take it and, and be um, just quiet before the Lord, remembering that, it, that the juice represents His blood shed for us. The cracker represents His body broken for us. And what that represents, our sins forgiven, our healing, our wholeness. Um, Children in the room, I encourage parents to bring your kids. Let them have communion. We're not against that. Explain it to them. I remember doing that with my kids a few years ago and how much, how powerful that was. So let your kids know what it's about. Let them enjoy. Pray the prayer with them because our kids, we don't want our kids taking on rejection either. We don't want our kids taking on rejection either. And, I, and I, you know, if you need to, every day this week, pray this prayer. You know, pray this prayer. I believe you are the Son of God and the only way to the Father. You died on the cross for my sins.
and you rose again from the dead. I repent of all my sins and I forgive every other person as I would have God forgive me. It's not an easy prayer. It's a heavy prayer, but I challenge you to pray it. I forgive all those who have rejected me, hurt me or failed to show love towards me. I trust you to forgive me as I forgive them. Lord Jesus, I believe that you do accept me. Hey, we confess it right now because of what you did for me on the cross. I am accepted. I am highly favoured. I am the object of your special care. Can you say that? You really love me. You really want me. Your Father is my Father. Heaven is my home. I am a member of the family of God, the best family in the universe. I am accepted. Thank you. Thank you. One more thing, Lord. I love this part. I accept myself the way you made me. I accept myself the way you made me. I am your workmanship, and I thank you for what you have done. I believe that you have begun a good work in me and you will carry it on to completion until my life ends. Now, Lord, I proclaim my release from any dark, evil spirits that took advantage of the wounds in my life. I release my spirit from all rejection and I rejoice in you, in your precious name. Amen. Hey.